Uh, we're very thankful to be here for this year's uh, missions conference, which is kind of a mission slash preaching conference. I believe missions and preaching go hand in hand. And uh, this year, our church celebrates its 100th year of preaching the gospel. And I'm very thankful for that. We've stepped into other men's labors. And uh, this building has been left behind for the use of God's people here in this place. The Metropolitan Baptist Church has a rich history, and it's got a reputation around the world of loving missionaries. And if you're visiting with us as a missionary, we want you to feel welcome and know that you are loved here in this church. You are appreciated here. And we look forward to hearing from you this week. Now, our young people, we're passing out a couple of booklets which look the same, but they are different. One is thicker, one is thinner. The one that says booklet on it is the one that has our preaching schedule in it. Uh, it has what times the preacher is supposed to start and end. And if you'd like to keep track of that for me, that would be good and give them their grade when they're done. And uh, I don't think Brother Turner's going to get in the pulpit at the proposed time, so we'll, we'll have to show grace to one another if we don't shout, uh, follow the schedule just right. But um, uh, we will turn the clock off, but uh, your wife will wave a hanky if, uh, if you go overtime or if you get in the weeds. Somebody will try to help you get out of there. But uh, the one that says booklet gives you our conference schedule. Every service is listed there, and I always encourage people, I used to encourage people to, to bring three books to church. Always bring the good book. You bring the Bible to church. You ought to bring a notebook to church so you can write down what God speaks to your heart about. And you should bring a checkbook to church so that you can give if the Lord blesses your heart. Uh, now we have online giving so you, and our young people don't know anything about checks. So don't worry about that. Uh, the other book is basically all of our missionaries and what our church has historically believed about faith promise giving. Basically, faith promise is a missions form of giving. It's, we give our tithes and offerings to the Lord for the support of the local church. But then we give an offering towards those who are missionaries. And we do that with our faith promise giving. Our church, personally, uh, me and my wife are going to be praying about what God wants us to give this year towards missions. And we're going to make our missions commitment. It's an anonymous commitment that we make. And we put it in the plate so uh, we can budget for this year. How many missionaries can we support? Personally, I'd like to support more missionaries. I want to send the gospel everywhere that it can be, and giving is one of the ways we can do that. So we would ask you, if you're a member of this church, to make sure that you take one of these home and pray about what God can do with you or what God can use uh, from you and your family so that you can support the, the issue of missions. There is no greater investment in this world than the investment of missions. And so we'll speak more uh, in just a few moments after the first service about those of you who are visiting pastors. We'd like our church to get to know who you are and where you're from uh, after the first service. But I'd like to get to the first preacher tonight. And just for a few moments, I would hope that you'd give me a bit of chance to, to share my heart. Pastors many times uh, go through sleepless nights, the crying, the tears, the, the weight of a congregation. Uh, this particular congregation is a complicated congregation. This is a larger church with a lot of issues. And I, I want to say this. This is a good church. And I, I, I do not believe in any way, shape, or form in man worship. I do not believe in worshiping man. But I do believe in honoring men who have served faithfully. And for the 11 years of service that Pastor Turner gave to this church, I'm going to ask this church as he comes to the pulpit to
to stand and recognize this man and his wife for what they've done. Brother Turner, you come. Oh, now you've done it. Good to look around this auditorium. It's wonderful to be able to stand behind this pulpit tonight. And uh, it's a great honor, great privilege, of course, to be back here at Metropolitan Baptist Church. My wife, uh, our Monday, I guess it was, we went in the kitchen and the ladies was already working and cooking and doing all their thing. And, and uh, Pastor Bujek, I want to exclude this time from my preaching. <laughs> but uh, and uh, she saw all the ladies and hugging all those necks, and she started to crying, and I had to get out of there because it wouldn't be long I'd be starting to do the same thing. And uh, it's so good to look out over this assembly tonight and see so many faces of folks we love. So wonderful to be able to see new faces here. Talk more about that as we go along this evening. And uh, we've been planning to be here for, uh, we've been planning to be here since before we left, <laughs> if that makes sense. But it's, it is the case. We knew this 100th anniversary was coming and, and uh, we knew we needed to be here for that. And uh, it was months ago, the Lord started laying some things on my heart and, and I thought, I don't know what... What, how Pastor Bujek is going to use me, if he's going to use me, what? Or, and then he, then he uh, wrote me and said, yes, I want you to preach. And didn't know when I was going to be preaching. And, uh, and so I just went with what the Lord was giving me. And so I'm praying that it's going to fit. And if it don't fit, we'll get a shoehorn or something and make it work. I want to ask you to be turning to a couple passages in the Psalms. Psalm 71 and Psalm 90. Psalm 71 and Psalm 90. We'll read it. If, you, if, you're, if you're physically able, I'd appreciate it. You stand in reverence to the Word of God this evening. Please pray for me. That supper was so good that, that the first plate I ate said more. And so as I stand before you tonight, I am fed up, and that doesn't cooperate real good with preaching. In Psalm 71, we read just a couple of verses there, where the sweet psalmist of Israel declares, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous words. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, Forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. And we skip over to Psalm 90. We read there in these familiar words from Psalm 90 and beginning in verse 9. Where it says, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years... As a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score years and ten. 
Even if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Father, please add your blessing to the reading of your word. Lord, I'm asking in Jesus' name that you'd be pleased to meet with us tonight. God, arrest our attention. Lord, focus us upon what you would want to want heard and preached here this evening. Every heart be in tune with your spirit. Lord, please forbid that a single word would pass over this holy desk that wouldn't be ordered of you. But Lord, as well as has been prayed, I'm asking you, Lord, to give liberty, give clarity, to declare what you want for us this evening. And of course, I pray for the pastor, the preacher to follow. Lord, might this be a night that indeed we'd say it's been good to hear from you, O our God. We ask it, Lord, for everyone present, Lord, especially for that one in our midst that may yet be without Christ. Oh, God, may this evening be that night where you take your word. Reveal to that heart, to that life, their great need of a Savior. Oh, Father, hold up thy son before him that they might see the hope that can be theirs in Jesus. Draw them savingly, gloriously, eternally to yourself. Again, Lord, we love you. We understand we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Of course, may be seated. I don't even usually mention the title, the message that I'm preaching, but I'm going to do it tonight. But uh, the title of this evening's message is Five Score Years and Counting. Mm. Whether it's five score years, whether you say it that way, or you say ten decades, whether you say a century, or if you say a hundred years, no matter how you put it, Metropolitan Baptist Church has reached a significant, could we say, milestone in its existence. And there are, of course, churches here and there uh, about the country, about the world, that uh, have done likewise, and some much longer than that. But listen to this. Few churches exist for a hundred years and remain steadfast in their commitment to the biblical foundations upon which they were started and founded. The verses we read from these two Psalms refer to an individual, certainly not to an institution and absolutely not to a local church. We never want to confuse the church with Israel, but what they do is, uh, well, let me say this. Psalm 71 was penned by David, a, a man that God called a man after his own heart. What a statement indeed. Sweet psalmist of Israel. Psalm 90 is a, a prayer, essentially, that is, is ascribed to Moses, the man God used to lead Israel out of that Egyptian bondage and then to lead his people for 40 years there in the wilderness journeys. Both these passages, as we've read, they deal with time. They deal 
with time as it passes. They both deal with what we do with the time that God is pleased to allot us here on this earth planet. And I believe these passages contain some truth and some application that certainly apply to Metropolitan Baptist Church uh, during this missions week and as it celebrates its 100th anniversary. Indeed, the theme verse that Pastor Bujak shared with me for the, for the missions conference undergirds these passages as well. From 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 24, it says this, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he had done for you. Amen. In order to carry on faithfully for God for 100 years, there must be, number one, a humble fear of God. Coupled with that essential of a, I'll say it this, a confidence Not in ourselves, not in our abilities, not in our strength, but a confidence in the God that is able to do those wondrous things and to do great things. So I want to look at a few things here this evening. I want to look, first of all, at that story. The story of Metropolitan Baptist Church. In Psalm 90, verse 9, we read, we spend our years... As a tale that is told. Hmm. Well, I ask a question. Who's recording the tale? Who's recording the tale? The story of Metropolitan Baptist Church. I remember back 10 years ago when we uh, celebrated the 90th anniversary. And, and we'd gone through all those. Everybody brought in photo albums and all that. And we went through all those. I love looking at old pictures. And, uh, and I remember standing there looking at those old pictures with some old folks around the church. Like Ronnie. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> And uh, you look at those old pictures and, and them old black and white pictures and, and the, the memories flood back, don't they? Not only the memories, but the stories that go along with those memories and those faces that you remember from those days gone by. But who's recording the official story? I think we all realize that when it's all said and done, that it is God who's recording and keeping The official record. The true tale of this church, its labor, and its testimony for him. Mm. Who's recording the tale? We know God's recording the tale. But then there's also the declaration of the tale. And we're all, uh, it's it's a great, great blessing for all of us to be part of declaring the tale. But be mindful, beloved, that the tale wouldn't even exist. This church would not exist if it were not for our great God. Mm. It was God that was pleased to sustain. It was God that was pleased to protect. It was God to please 
Please do use and bless this church body. Dear ones, God has done great things. And we have witnessed his wondrous works. Consider it. We'll use that, that term over and over this evening. Consider it. How many people have been saved through the ministries of this church? Hundreds? I would say easily hundreds. But you couple that with the souls that have been saved through the missionary outreach of this church. Our own missionary. You notice what I said there? Our own missionary. The missionaries of Metropolitan Baptist Church. And by the way, it's hard not to consider this whole. How many people have been saved? Oh my. The precious souls that have been delivered from hell's destruction. The lives that have been changed. Gloriously changed. Given meaning and purpose and coupled with that glorious hope. Of eternity. Praise God. Praise God for the missionaries that He sent out from Metropolitan Baptist Church into harvest fields far and wide of this world. There, hey, they're in those place, places, more precious souls have been saved. More saved by the Lord of the harvest and are being saved and churches established that doing what? Continuing in that plan, in God's eternal plan. Oh, yes, please consider it. God has done great things, wondrous works. Personally, old Pastor Bujak, you got me crying right from the beginning. Personally, it's been about a year and a half, just almost exactly a year and a half since Marcia and I moved away to a place called Georgia. And we're grateful beyond measure that the story continues. It's God's, listen, it's God's answer to our prayer. I want to assure you, dear ones, that you're prayed for at our kitchen table every morning. Every morning. We pray for Pastor Bujek, his precious wife and family. We pray for the ministries of the church here. We pray for the Sunday school teachers. We certainly pray for the missionaries of this church and we call out, listen, we call out many of your names before the Lord every morning. During those times of prayer, occasionally, oh my, that social media stuff, you know, occasionally we see a picture that's been taken at one of the church fellowships or maybe men's prayer breakfast or something and, and, uh, uh Brother Kavanaugh's famous. I get his picture of, of, the, of the, the cooking crew from the men's breakfast. And, I, and I'm looking at it and seeing who's, who, is, uh, who is there working. I wanted to know who's cracking the eggs. That was my job for years. 
We see those pictures and we rejoice. We recognize those faces. But we rejoice as well when we, we look at those pictures and there's the new faces. Huh? Many new faces. And we rejoice in that. Oh my. The declaration of the tale. But we also see here this, the steadfastness of the tale. The steadfastness of Metropolitan Baptist Church. David wrote there in Psalm 71, verse 17. He says, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Praise God. The Metropolitan Baptist Church has committed itself. It has endeavored to teach and to focus on teaching the youth of this church for decades, long before I I cast a shadow here. It's been the burden of this church. And, And not just going through the motions of teaching, quote unquote, Bible stories to the children of the church so they could check that box off. No. No, this church's mission has been teaching the eternal, infallible truth of the Bible to the youth with that purpose in mind that they will continue and come behind. Oh my, what's the point when we pass off the scene and there's not those to come behind? There's too many churches, as I was speaking with Brother Wayne this afternoon, too many churches across this land where there's just a handful of folks with, with this white hair and with, with very little future. Uh-huh. Teaching. Well, yes, there was the Timothy endeavor, and later that, turned, that, that uh, evolved into TTUS, and they were both established to prepare teachers, to prepare pastors, and to teach and prepare missionaries, servants of Christ. Hey, to do what? To steadfastly continue to perpetuate. And beloved, it works. Of course it works. That's God's plan. It's all about passing on the gospel message of Jesus Christ. His word, the scriptures, you know, the passage, you know, the words that Paul sent to his young friend, Timothy, there in second Timothy chapter three and verse 16, where he writes that all scripture, what was that? How much scripture, all scripture, all of it and every part of it is given by what the inspiration of God, the breath of God. That word, the divine exhale of God. Uh-huh. And it's given. It, profitable. It's profitable for what? Doctrine. Hey, we're about teaching. Doctrine. For reproof. For correction. For instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect. Through lay furnished unto all good works. We don't have time to unpack that. Oh my, that's a message, a series of messages all in its own. But to simply say this, that the task is 
to use God's inspired word to teach, to reprove where needed, to correct as we go, and to instruct in righteousness to see God's people live and serve him for his glory. It's the reason we exist. But we also, this evening, we see the succession. The succession of Metropolitan Baptist Church. And still there in Psalm 71, in verse 18, we read this. David says, now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Well, David's looking at this now from the, from a, the, the other perspective. I think, I think I qualify to speak of one as old and gray-headed. And we understand that's relative. That's a relative thing. If I'm talking to the whippersnappers, there it is. There it is, Jeffrey. If I'm talking to the whippersnappers around here, yes, indeed, I'm old and I am gray-headed. But if I'm talking maybe to to some others, without mentioning Brother Wayne or C.R.'s name, they tell me, oh, preacher, you're young yet. You're just a whippersnapper. Well, I'm whipped and I lost my snap. (laughs) But I still believe I fit in here. As individual believers, and absolutely as a church, we will not continue steadfastly without an unwavering commitment to the word of God. God's word taught Under God's watchful eye and superintended by the spirit of God, the spirit of truth that ensures that that next generation. Are you listening to me, young people? I know the leadership of this church is committed to help you and to to prepare you for for, to take up the reins. It ensures that the next generation will be prepared to carry on. Consider it. We're here today. They're here this evening as evidence that God is a God of great thanks. He is a God of wonderful works. And we have the privilege to declare it. What is the strength of God as we read there in the passage? Hmm? The God who spoke and this universe came into existence. That's power. Huh? That's power. He spoke the word and it came into existence. God's word is strength. And beloved, his word is our strength. It's not about us. It's not about me or any other preacher. 
It's about Jesus Christ and his word, the gospel. The Bible declares its own strength, does it not? In Hebrews chapter 4, and I do hasten. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, listen to this. It says, for the word of God is quick. It's not talking about being first to the finish line. It means it's alive. It's alive and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And the joints and marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Oh my, it was God's word that entered in and revealed to, revealed to me, revealed to you if you're saved tonight, your great need. It was God's word that, that revealed to you that indeed you were a sinner and without hope. Discerner. Oh my, that sharp two-edged sword that cut coming and going and left us with that realization. I'm hopeless and helpless in and of myself. I need you, God. It had power to discern. It had power to reveal our need. But hallelujah, that word had the power to save. Hmm? In Romans chapter 10, those familiar words from verse 17. Oh my, I couldn't count the number of times they've gone across this pulpit. Faith. So then, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Oh, that miraculous work. I don't don't understand it. I've been saved for going on 50 years. I don't understand it. Somebody explain it to me. It's miraculous. Hey, it's supernatural. Where God takes his word. If we read it or we hear it. And that miraculous word takes place in our heart of hearts. It speaks to us truth. Ah, Faith. Faith was born in our hearts. And that beautiful, beautiful message of the gospel. Yes, the word of God revealed our sin, brought conviction to our hearts. It was and is the word of God as well that told us about a savior. (laughs) Told us about the only begotten son of God. That the father gave to us out of his love. Died for us. Laid down his life for us. Paying the wages of our sin. My sin. Your sin. So that he could justly. Rightly, forgive us in response to that faith. Trust in him. Oh my, grant us everlasting life. Yes. Every time, every time that takes place, whether it be on a Saturday, Saturday morning out here in this parking lot as they're giving away Bibles. You do understand that giving away the Bibles is just an opportunity. Is it? I guess I never got a mind. It's hard to stay here. Giving away those Bibles just 
just the opportunity to get to talk to somebody through those car windows. Huh? Talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ, huh? Oh, my. I, when, when I was out there, I'd have to sit on my hands and let somebody else go. I just loved it. Talk to somebody. I remember the first time Brother Allen, Brother Allen, there was a car pulled in, and, and I said, this one's yours, Allen. I kind of turned away. He went over and talked to the fella and come back. He was all smiles. I think he was about this high off the ground. He got to talk to somebody about the Lord. Huh? Hallelujah. Whether it's out there in the parking lot, whether it's out on door knocking night, whether it be in a Sunday school class where teachers sharing the gospel with her class, whether it be at this altar or whether it be at the house at your family altar, or whether it be in Fort Worth, Texas, or Auckland, New Zealand, or Corrientes, Argentina, wherever it be, the ministries of this church, oh my, it's a testimony that God continues to do what? Wondrous works and great things. The safeguard, this is it. The safeguard for steadfastness. How do you ensure that Metropolitan Baptist Church's steadfastness for God and his word continues? Why has Metropolitan been able to stay true to God's word for these 100 years? We've already said it. Because there's been a steadfast commitment to train, to teach, to stay with this this book. Uh This divine book. To stay true to God's word. There's been that effort to be obedient to God's words to young Timothy. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. It's been a theme of the college all the way through. The things that thou hast heard of me, Paul says to Timothy, commit thou, the same commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. You probably understand and know how many generations are involved there there's paul there's timothy there's those ones that timothy taught and there's ones that those that timothy taught would teach four generations how many generations i don't i never never took time to figure out how many generations is a hundred years five six generations whatever it is there's been that commitment you know, beloved, I, I don't know. There'd probably be someone that could tell us. I don't know when this old cross-shaped pulpit was put together and put in place. But there have been literally thousands, thousands of biblical messages declared across this pulpit. Preaching, proclaiming the gospel and the whole counsel of God. 
Those messages have been preached without compromise and with a commitment to be true to God's word. I was grateful during my tenure, my 11 years as pastor here, that I could stand upon the shoulders of faithful men. Men committed to the word of God that went before. Uh, I had the honor, I had the privilege just to continue on what they had started. And I rejoice. I praise God that it carries on today. Yes. Yes. Five score years and count. Sounds Sounds long when they say it that way, don't it? Five score years and come. But church, get this. You've not arrived yet. Huh? You've not arrived yet. It's not time to let down. Hey, we've been here a hundred years. Look at us. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You know... I don't know how many times I've said that it's too soon to quit. It's too soon to quit. The focus what? The focus must be on the future. Huh? What did Paul say? He's looking, he was looking ahead. What? Nothing. Consider it. What wondrous works. And great things are still in store in and through this church that God would do. Huh? Oh, my. May God be pleased to sustain, and not just sustain, but to strengthen. Huh? Enable us for more and more. For God's glory. A lot going on in the world these days, isn't there? See that Israeli flag there? Be mindful. I'm sure your pastors urged you. We need to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Praying God take care of his people, his earthly people. There's a lot that are saying that it's, it's, just a, it's a sign that, that Jesus is coming soon. End days. Uh, they might be right. I don't, I don't know. But regardless of whether the trump sounds before we say amen tonight, we need to be serving Jesus with everything that we are. Huh? I, listen to me. What better work can we be involved in than to serve Jesus till he calls us out of here? Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, help us. Pastor Bujak. Let's have our musicians come. We're going to stand up and sing songs. You need to use the restroom. Now is the time to do it. As a matter of fact, after the first, so- first congregational song, uh, song that we sing, we're going to sing, I Love to Tell the Story. 
what we're going to do is reach around and greet one another. And if you need to use the restroom, now is the time to do that. You say, what in the world are you doing? You're having two preachers tonight. If you can sit through a two-hour movie, you can come to church for a couple hours. And then we need a whole lot more of this stuff going on today. And I'm not going to get to preaching about that, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm excited about coming to church and getting more preaching, not less. And if you need to use the restroom, there's no shame in that. If you need to go and use that right now uh, as we sing this song or when we get into the handshake chorus, please do it at this time. Brother John, come. Let's sing I Love to Tell the Story on page 145. Amen. We'll sing a verse and then we'll shake hands. Sing with me. I love to
on the second. I love to tell the story. come forward. We're going to prepare to receive Wednesday evening tithes and offerings. If you'd like to give an offering to this meeting and you have the means to give, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. And uh, I'm going to call Brother Penny Fafawina up to the stage and his 12-year-old son Cameron. Okay, 12 and a half. Now he's 16 years old and uh, these, this family is our missionaries. There are missionaries uh, to New Zealand and to Samoa. And I, I became the pastor here and was only able to meet Brother Penny over Zoom, over a Zoom call. But this week, we've been able to minister together over at a nursing home. We've been able to meet in our office alone, talk with him and his sweet wife, Robin. And I got a chance to hear Brother Penny's testimony which uh, he's going to be preaching for us in the morning service, I believe tomorrow. And I asked him if he could try to include that. When he shared his testimony about his call to the ministry in the mission field of Samoa, he started weeping. And it reminded me of when God called me to preach, because it was that real. And I thank God for them. And so uh, we're going to take this offering up. It's going to be a little bit different of an offering, because while we're taking up the offering... Uh, the Fafawinas are going to add a boojack to their group. I asked them if I could sing along with them. And, uh, but I've asked Brother Penny if he would word the prayer for this offering, and uh, then we'll sing a song for you during the offering. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Lord, we do praise you and thank you. It's a privilege to serve you and 
So we thank you, Lord, for these meetings. Lord, we just pray for your blessings on the preaching of your word. Lord, I pray for the offering tonight. Pray that you bless the, the offering. We use it wisely to uh, not only here in Lake Worth, but also around the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. down a memory lane of paths so long ago old satan came right by my side making me feel low he brought up thoughts of hurt and pain when i had gone astray he wanted to discourage me as i walked along my way said you're undeserving cause i know where you've been i have a record of your life when you were bound by sin i know your darkest secrets that you would never tell what makes you think you don't deserve a place with me in hell well i heard the old accuser and this was my reply you're right for all those things i've done i sure deserve to die my righteousness is filthy rags my goodness is unclean there's only one thing I can say to what you said to me. It's under the blood, oh praise this dear name. I'm not what I used to be, my life has been changed. Not shackled by sin and shame, it's already gone. It's under the blood. Victory was given me when I was born again. He washed my stained and sinful past and put a new life in. No longer do I bear the mark that sin had brought my way. With happiness and peace of mind, praise God, I now can say. It's under the blood of oh, praise this dear name. I'm not what I used to be. My life has been changed. Not shackled by sin and shame, it's already under the blood what can wash away 
missionary families, missionaries that are faithful uh, to the cause of Christ. Uh, Tonight, uh, a couple of things uh, we'd like to do before we get into the next uh, message. Uh, A couple of things. There are are bathrooms in the back here uh, if you need to use those during the service. Also, we've got bathrooms down this hallway over here. Bathrooms are kind of important when you have a group this size. And also in the gymnasium, there are a few bathrooms there uh, that can be used uh, during our eating times and such. Our church takes security pretty seriously, and so every door in this building, there's so many entrances here, we have to lock them down. And there's a reason that we have armed security, and that's because we believe in security here at the Lord's Church. There have been several shooting incidents here in the Fort Worth area, and uh, if anything like that ever happens here... We ought to have some people who we would know as sheepdogs that are going to protect those uh, that come to church and worship here. So I hope and pray that you feel safe in this congregation. Uh, But also understand that when you go to a door and you go out that door, they're going to be locked when you come back to it. So you're going to have to get back in. (laughs) And uh, some security man should be there to help you get back in. But we want you to know the reason for that is because... Uh, We're taking security the way that we ought to at this church. The main thing that I believe deserves protection are the children of this church. And I take that as serious. There are some people who do not belong here. And if you are going to pose a security threat at the Metropolitan Baptist Church, I side with the children and will err on the side of caution. And... I'll stand before God with that in in my mind and in my heart. I thank God for those that serve in this area. And uh, make sure you let our security men know that you appreciate them. At this time, if you are a missionary or a pastor serving anywhere, including from our church, if you would please stand. And uh, we're going to send Brother Nathan, if you'd come up here and grab a microphone. And uh, Brother Joshua, why don't you come grab a microphone? And uh, we're going to pass these microphones around. One of you go to the first person right here, Brother Velez. The next one, go to whomever else that you want to go to. You guys got to make some choices. We're going to give you guys some choices. Go to the next person who's standing, give them a microphone, and we pass them around just like that. We'll start with Brother Velez, my new friend from McAllen, Texas. Go ahead. Next to McAllen. And we represent a ministry called Missions in Action International. It is a uh, training and church planning ministry across Latin America. It's a joy to be here with you tonight. Thank you. All right, next, Brother Carr. Half years, I was pastor of Mesa Baptist Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. 
uh, retired a year and a half ago, and the church uh, has sent me out as a missionary to, uh, to law enforcement. It's good to be here. Amen. Thank you for being here, Brother Carr. Uh, next, Spring Valley Baptist. <laughs> That's me. I'm uh, Zach. I'm from uh, Spring Valley Baptist Church here in Fort Worth. Um, I'm a missionary to Japan, so we are on our uh, deputation right now. We just uh, we're in Japan in se- September, September for a couple of weeks. We, we were really blessed, and uh, we made a lot of contacts, and we're excited to keep going. Thanks. It's uh, good to be here. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being here. My name is Bruce Martin. I'm a missionary here at a Metropolitan to Latin America. The church has sponsored me for 43 years, and it's a pleasure to be here. Amen. Brother Greg. Greg from College Heights Baptist Church in Temple, Texas. Thank you, Brother Greg. I've been there 48 years. 48 years in Temple, Texas. Thank God for faithfulness. Brother Wayne. Wayne Hudson. I'm a missionary evangelist out of Metropolitan Baptist Church to the needy country of America. Amen. David Martin, missionary to Argentina, Senate of the Metropolitan Baptist Church. Amen. Um, my name is Robert Creech. I'm here with my wife, Valerie. Very happy to have her with me. Amen. And uh, I'm a missionary to Panama, Central America, sent out by the Mission Boulevard Baptist Church in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Amen. Thank you for being here, Brother Creech. Yes, Brother. My name is uh, uh, Matthew Holder, and this is my wife, Jennifer, and uh, I am an Army chaplain and uh, stationed at Fort Campbell with the 101st Airborne Division. Been there for, uh, well, we just got back. This is our second time to Fort Campbell. We were there for about four years, uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, recently just came back from the Netherlands working with NATO out there, so that was quite an experience. And so, But with this church, uh, Metropolitan, we were, I was practically born in this church, and so grew up in the nursery right over here. I uh, got married in this church, and so this church really means a lot to us. But uh, we're so glad to be here, back among our family and friends. Thank you for being here, brother. I'm a missionary to uh, New Zealand, out of Metropolitan Baptist Church. We are uh, original serving Samoa as missionary for 15 years. Uh, last year we went to uh, New Zealand, so we are working with a Lighthouse Baptist Church there. Amen. He's been with the Metropolitan Baptist Church boys. You can, or young men, you can put those microphones right back up here. Thank the Lord. These are my evening ushers most of the time. Uh, they're men in training at our church. I say often that our young people that sit up toward the front, they're the future of the Metropolitan Baptist Church. We want to build into you young people. We want you to be saved by God's grace. We want you to learn to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, you are the future of this church, and we want to do everything we can to invest in you. We, we are thankful for you young people. Uh, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to be seated in just a moment. I am so thankful that pra- Pastor Paul McWhorter has come to be with the Metropolitan Baptist Church this week. I was just a little, little boy when this man came from Kentucky uh, his where, where he grew up, and he chose to pastor a church in in Warren, Michigan. Um, I was raised in the South because of that. Um, you say, how were you raised in the South? I was raised as uh, born in Michigan, but all the people I went to church with were from Western Kentucky. Our song director, when I moved there, was named Do Do Roberts, and they would sing, "Will the circle be unbroken?" and uh, people just started coming out of the woodwork, and uh, that church grew from about 40 to 300 
um, in the days of my youth. Both my wife and, and I were saved under Pastor McWhorter's ministry. And again, I don't worship man, but I am thankful that God put this man in my life. God used him as a mouthpiece to preach the word of God to me when I was just a boy. And uh, I wouldn't be here today as a pastor had it not been for his investment in my life. And uh, Brother Paul, it is our honor to have you here tonight. Why don't you come and preach for us? Oh, boy. Brother Boojack and Miss Loretta. Boy, I'm proud of y'all. They occupy uh, such a memorable part of my heart. From the time that uh, he was a little kid till both of them got saved, I baptized both of them and have watched them through the years. And they're like my own kids. And I just, I love the Boojacks. They are very special to me. I love their family. Every one of their children are just special. I was Jonathan's pastor in Texas for a while. And uh, all of them mean something to me. I ate uh, some of Gracie's cake tonight, or cakes. And uh, Jake is my buddy. I'm telling you, I love Jake. Jake has one of the biggest hearts. He's just such a loving guy. And I love it every time I see Jake, uh, the hugs that I get from Jake. He gives good ones. He gave me a massage tonight. I told him, I'm going to give you 35 minutes to stop that. And then I said, if you can just do that five minutes longer, I could preach an hour and 15, 20 minutes. Oh, boy. You're... Former pastor preached about the great things that God has done here and is doing here. And I want to talk to you tonight, just use the three words, God is greater. You know where to turn. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. While you're turning there, do you know what I am really now beginning to learn and see? I'm beginning to learn and see how great God is and how awful sin is and how much time I've wasted by not seeing that sooner. My purpose and my responsibility tonight is not to impress you. Uh, boy, I sure have enjoyed the people that I've met here. This is the first time I've ever been to Metropolitan. I, I knew both Brother Atkinsons that pastored here. And of course, I know Brother Boojack. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, my secretary's daughter 
came here while she was attending college in this area. I'm not sure if Metropolitan was a church, but I think it was. But, of course, we've known some of your missionaries as well, and we have known about you through the years. 1 John chapter 4, would you stand, please? Verses 1 through 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. You'll notice both of those spirits are small case letters, not talking about the Holy Spirit. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world, hereby know ye the Spirit of God, capital S, Spirit. Every little s spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every little s spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because... Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. John said, greater is he that is in you who are saved than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You may be seated. Understand that this living God is in you if you're saved. Galatians chapter 2 verse 26 uh, verse 20 I am Paul said I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I think that a lot of people don't realize that, that who are saved, that Christ lives in you and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I thank God that Christ lives in me. That's a mystery to me. I don't get it. I don't understand that. He sits at the right hand of God, but he lives in me. Well, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that when we're saved, we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. We are dependent upon him like the branches are dependent on the vine for life and for nourishment. And yet some people have trouble admitting the greatness of God. Many who claim to be saved do not believe that Christ in them is greater than the influence of the world in their life. The influence of the world dominates their life. So I must believe that they do not believe either that Christ lives in them or that living in them, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I've learned something else. I am prone to fail, but not to failure. 
I am apt to sin, but not to defeat. God is gracious to forgive me. My past bothers me. My past sins bother me, but my past sins do not determine who I am or what I do. Some of you need to think about that because you're struggling with that right now. My past sins still bother me, but they do not determine who I am or what I do. Do you know why? Because God is greater than my failures and He's in me, so greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. He's greater than my failures. Look at verse 4. Year of God, little children, have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Many Christians, many church members become discouraged when commitments or when relationships fail. Every year they set goals to improve in certain areas and many times they find themselves falling short of the goals that they have set. God sees these failures and He yearns to show us His greatness by proving that He can help us to overcome those failures. I heard a man stand in the pulpit one time and he said, I want to give you the formula for success by first giving you the formula for failure. The formula for failure is failure plus 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 failure. The formula for success is failure plus 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 success. You get up one more time than you fall. You say, preacher, you don't understand. People are getting tired of me coming to the altar. How do you know that? Has someone actually told you, you know what, I'm getting tired of seeing you go into the altar. I've heard people say, I think people are getting tired of seeing me go, but I've never heard anybody say, they may be scared to say that to me, I don't know. But I've never heard anybody say, preacher, I'm tired of seeing so-and-so go into the altar. Don't ever say that to me. If we, if we, John was saved, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man alive. My dad used to teach us, you keep short sin accounts. When you sin, you confess it to God as quick as you can. Now, I don't know about you, but... I'm not going to tell you I used to sin all the time. I'm going to tell you I sin all the time. You say, well, what are you doing in our pulpit? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just telling you 
you're looking at as bad a sinner as you are. I mean that. I can't tell you how many times I go to God and say, Oh God, oh God, that must have hurt you what I just did. I am so sorry. But I'm learning, still learning, that greater is He that is in me than the failures that I commit. He's greater than past failures. Even the Apostle Paul struggled with his failures, you know it? But according to, matter of fact, Paul said in Romans chapter 7 verse 19, he said, you know what, the things that I know I ought to do, I don't do them. And the things I know I ought not do, I do that. And then in verses 24 and 25, he said, I found the formula for success. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Jesus Christ, the righteous. God's greater than your past failures. It's time that we practice 1 John chapter 1, verses 8, 9, and 10. You say, well, preacher, I believe that when you really repent of a sin, you never commit it again. Wow. Boy, I've got real problems then. And I'll bet you do too. Thank God you are, listen to me, you are no less accepted and loved than you were a year ago. For God so loved the world until they failed that He gave His only begotten Son. Now, God loves you as much today as He did a year ago. You said that I was closer to Him a year ago. Okay, you loved Him a year ago more than you do today. But your love no less today than you were a year ago. You say, well, you don't know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. I know what I do, and I know that God loves me as much today, and that's not a cop-out. That's an incentive for me. God is greater than your past failures. His, great, His grace is greater than all your failures. Don't get discouraged when you fail. Try to look for ways that will get you back on the right track. Does that make sense? Go back to where you got off and get back on. To see why you failed, go back and find where you failed. Instead of dwelling on past failures, keep in mind that we can fail forward by instilling five actions in our daily lives. Here they are, quickly. Number one, admit your need. In other words, humble yourself. Admit your need. You're not all that. I'm not all that. Uh, the pastor a minute ago in his preaching said to Metropolitan Baptist Church, you've not arrived yet. And I haven't either. 
Admit your need. God, I need you. Man, I, I, I've been doing this for 49 years. I, I understand and I sense I'm aware, more aware of my need before I stand up to preach than I was 49 years ago. I made a mistake. The first preacher's conference that I went to was at one of my heroes, Brother Tom Fortner, in West Tennessee, Jackson, Tennessee. And I was a kid preacher sitting on the front row, just drooling, just slobbering, wanting to get up and preach. And so Brother Fortner said, uh, Brother McWhorter, I think we'll have you preach next. And I said, oh, man. But I got excited, and I was sitting by an old fellow. Probably none of you know him. He's from Allegree, Kentucky. He's with the Lord now. His name, his name was Brother Bernard Troutman. He was an old dirt farmer that God called to preach. He was a big, tall, raw-boned, West Kentucky hillbilly farmer preacher. He had hands that were this big around. And when he would shake your hand, he would wrap his hand all around yours. And I had mad respect for him. I was sitting beside him. And when it was my time to go, boy, I jumped up and took two steps at a time. Got in the pulpit and I was going to throw down. And so five minutes later, I sat down. And when I did, I walked back to my seat one step at a time, and I sat down with my head hung, and old brother Troutman put his hand on my knee, and he said, well, son, if you'd have walked up there like you walked down, we'd have heard something. So number one, admit your need. Number two, rely on the Lord. I'm talking about when you fail. Rely on the Lord. Walk by faith. Rely on the Lord. Number three, commit to growth. Study. Read. Pray. For about 52 years now. No, not hardly. 51 years. I don't say this to boast. I say this with gratitude to the Lord. For 51 years, there's not been one day that I haven't gotten up in the morning and read a portion of God's Word. 51 years. The only time that I haven't read during that 51 years, I was in the hospital in Texas with spinal meningitis, couldn't open my eyes, couldn't read, so I had my youth pastor come up every morning and read the Scriptures to me for 15 minutes. This, what do we call this? God's Word. To whom? Huh? To us. This is God speaking to me. He, I get to listen to Him every morning of my life. Commit to growth. Number four, evaluate your progress. Paul said to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 11.31... Judge yourself. Evaluate your progress. Where are you in your Christian growth? Number five, 
Make yourself accountable. Make yourself accountable. Men have a problem with that. Women don't have as big a problem with that. They make themselves accountable. They, they tell other women stuff. We don't do that. Women go to the bathroom and talk. We don't talk in the bathroom. Somebody, if I'm in the bathroom and somebody says something to me, don't talk to me if I'm in the bathroom with you. We'll say, women will say, can we go, can, can you go to the bathroom and talk to me? No, no, men don't do that. Make yourself accountable. Don't you want to experience everything God has for you? First uh, John 2, 28. And now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. He's greater than your past failures. Uh, you know what else I've learned? I've learned that I cannot blame my present sin on Adam. Yeah, but as one man sinned, he brought sin to the whole generation. Now every man sins because one man sinned. I sin because I choose to sin. I hate that. I hate it. I love Dr. Adrian Rogers. I've listened to him most of my life. I heard him say one time, a lady came to him and said, Dr. Rogers, you Baptists, if I believe what you believe, you Baptists believe once saved, always saved. If I believe that, I would get saved and go out and sin all I want to. And Dr. Rogers said, ma'am, I sin all I want to. I sin more than I want to. I don't want to sin. If there was a pen that I could sign a paper that I would never sin again, I would draw my own blood into that pen and sign it with my blood. I don't want to sin, but I do. Now, there ought to be resounding amens because every one of you do the same. We preachers just don't want you to think that about us, but we are no different than you. I've learned that I cannot get by with blaming my present sin on Adam, and I cannot blame my present struggles on anyone else and get by with it. My struggles are not my parents' fault. My, my struggles are not the fault of society. If I am to please God and serve God, I must submit myself daily to His will. And I'll tell you what else I'm learning at 71 years of age. I'm learning to wait on God. Let me say to you, I said that God is greater than your past failures. God is greater than your present struggles, too. Boy, this is a tough day to live in, isn't it? 
I look out at some of these little guys, especially the little, little ones, but even these big guys that ran the microphone around, and my heart breaks. They will never live in the America that I grew up in. And that's sad. Our struggles can be summarized into three categories. The world, the flesh, and the devil. But we have no need to worry because God is greater than all three of those. Jesus says in John 16, 33, These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good, uh, good cheer. I have overcome the world. Although our flesh can be a real strong pull, we cannot allow our flesh to control our spirit. You say, well, how do I do that? You believe the truths of the Bible. Paul said to a church. Now, a lot of people believe that when you're saved, I said a minute ago that when you get saved, you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. But there's a difference between being indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Stay with me, Independent Baptist. There's a difference between being indwelt by the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. I have not always been filled with the Holy Spirit because there's been too many times that there's too much of me involved. And whatever of me is involved, that's taking up room that the Holy Spirit could fill me. Paul said to a church... To save folks in the book of Ephesians, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be. Future tense. You're not now. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Ah. Uh. Boy, you know, Galatians chapter 5, uh, um, verses 17 and 18. For the flesh lusteth against the capital S, Holy Spirit. And the capital S, Spirit, against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's what Paul said in Romans 7, right? The things that I would, I do not, but that which I do, I wot not. There's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. You go down to verses 19, 20, 21 of that same chapter, and you read about the things that we have to avoid. And then in the, uh, in the next few verses, we read about the things that, uh, of the flesh that must be executed. So... Okay, preacher, that all sounds good. That's, that's good preaching uh, points. But how do I do it? Well, you have to strengthen the spirit, right? Because there's the flesh and there's the spirit. 
And we just came from the gymnasium uh, strengthening the flesh. And you strengthen the spirit the same way. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. I consumed them. You are what you eat. Here's here's some people's problems. You want to be strong spiritually. But the problem is, you're feeding the flesh instead of the spirit. What you ought to do, you ought to have the spirit put up in the Waldorf Astoria, feeding the spirit with prime rib and baked potatoes that are loaded in green beans with followed up by cheesecake. Oh, Lord. But, and you ought to keep the flesh on bread and water. But what you're doing, you've got the flesh in the Waldorf Astoria. You're feeding the flesh the prime rib and potatoes. And you've got the spirit on bread and water. And he's not surviving well, is he? You don't read your Bible. You don't have times of prayer. That you, I mean, you say, oh, preacher, I pray all the time. Yeah, I know. I do too. And, and I think it's possible to drive down the road and pray, oh God, forgive me for wanting to kill. <laughs> I lived in Houston for 15 years. I know what it's like to pray on the freeway. If we confess our sins, yes, Lord. I'm talking about a time that you, on purpose... When you get alone somewhere and pray. I'm talking about a moment when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and you feel such a tug and a draw that you got to stop what you're doing right then. Just uh, Saturday before last when they started showing on TV what Hamas was doing to Israel, my wife and I stopped right then, got in the floor and asked God to uh, uh, help Israel and to uh, protect Israel and to help Netanyahu be strong and not listen to anybody else but to protect his people. Christ has already defeated the devil, hasn't he? But there's still a spiritual warfare going on that must be fought daily. See, our fight, so many church members want to fight God. Our fight is with Him that is in the world, right? Our fight is not with the one that's greater than our struggles and greater than our past failures. Our fight is with him that is in the world. But we don't have to fight him alone. I'm scared of him, just to be honest with you. He's better than me. He's tougher than me. I can't handle him. I know that. But I have an advocate that can handle him, that runs along beside me, and when I fall, he picks me up and pushes him away. I just have to stay close enough to him to see when he turns left and turns right so that I can do the same thing. He's also, so he's greater than your past failures. He's also greater than your present struggles. 
Preacher, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Yeah, I know it. Been there. I've had church members. I've sat in the hospital waiting room with them, and a lady told me one time her husband had had seven surgeries. And the doctors told her after the sixth one, he can't survive another surgery. And then the next day came in and said, we're going to have to do surgery again. And she said, uh, Pastor, I, I, can't, I can't make it through myself. And I said, yes, you can. She said, I, I know how I feel. I said, you feel that way because you're not going through it yet. But in a few hours, you're going to go through it. And God doesn't waste his grace. He doesn't give it to you until you need it. But when you need it, it'll be there. My mom was the strongest woman I've ever known. My big brother was 20 years old. And he and I were close. We were buddies. I got a call one afternoon. A lot had gone on. And I got a call one afternoon. Paul, you need to get home. David's been shot. So I rushed home, hard as I could go, ran out to the woods, and he had slid down with his back up against a tree, and I could tell this whole part of his upper chest was just blown out, 44 Magnum. And I grabbed him and held him. And he looked up at me and he said, help me. We rushed to the hospital and he died. That was in 1970. Back then they had two nights of visitation for a funeral service. I watched my mom stand beside the head of the casket. Four hours the first night. Four hours the second night she stood there. The line never stopped. There were hundreds of that came through. Everybody liked my brother. Nobody liked me. He never got a whipping. I got one a day and deserved every one of them. I kept trying to get my mom to come sit down and somebody asked her, Juanita, how do you do this? And she greeted everybody and talked to everybody. And she said, I do it by the grace of God. She said, people who go through this can't make it without the grace of God. That was in 1970. Ten years ago, that was my older brother. I'm the second oldest. I have a younger brother. Ten years ago, my little sister died from cancer. The baby's sister. She did the same thing. I'm telling you, God is greater than your present struggles. I don't care what you're going through. I do care what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. God is greater than what you're going through now. You say, well, you must have never been there. I've been there. I've been there. One morning I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning. We lived out in the country and there was something going on and I, I didn't know how I was going to make it. And I walked down a little tractor road in front of my house, 
just me, four o'clock in the morning. And I was crying out to God, begging God, oh God, where are you? How, how do I handle this? What am I going to do? And uh, out loud, and all of a sudden, it's as though he was right beside me. Like he put his arms around me and said, I've got this. You just need to trust me. And I'll tell you, a peace came over me. I went back to the house, waited for my wife to get up, and I said, you know, this is going to be okay. She said, Paul, how do you know? And I said, God just told me. God just gave me peace that he's a lot bigger than what we're going through right now. Well, I'm glad to tell you he's also greater than your future challenges. What are you going to go through next week? You say, I don't know. who knows? Exactly. You don't know. I thank God for opportunities and open doors to build our relationships with him. The stronger you build your relationship with God, the better you're going to get through a future struggle as a church. Hundred years old. Wow. So all the struggles must pretty much be over then if you're a hundred years old. Got to be. Man, you've been through it all, haven't you? No, we've gone through things the last five years that we've never gone through before. I deal with things as a pastor that I never thought I'd deal with before. If somebody had told me 46 years ago, Brother McCorder, here's what you're going to be dealing with 45 years from now. I would have been kind enough and considerate enough not to roll my eyes until I turned away where they couldn't see me. Truth is, I don't know what we're going to go through this next year. But I know this, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh man, this whole world, we've got Biden and we've got Kamala and we've got this one and we've got that one and it can't get any worse. Yes, it can. He's greater than future challenges. Truth is, future challenges are too tough for us to conquer. You say, well, wow. You just blew everything you said. No. Remember, he's greater than those challenges. Commit to him, not merely to a set of values. Commit to him. Be dedicated to, listen to me. I'm independent Baptist from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. You commit to Him, not to a religion. As it is said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, Ye are of God. Ye are of God, little children. What more does God desire than for His children to rely on Him? Isn't that what you want of your children when they're children? 
He wants to build our faith through his word, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and through adversity that will draw us closer to him. I believe Romans 28, do you? 828. I believe that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. All things. It's only by the Spirit that spiritual activity is exercised. Did you hear me? Did you understand what I said? Only by the Spirit that spiritual activity is exercised. You say, preacher, now I'm scared. Well, let me tell you, God will never give up on us. He's not like we are. We give up on people. Way too easy. But let me remind you of something that the Apostle Paul said to a pretty good church, the church at Galatia, chapter 5, verse 1. Brethren, if a brother be overtaken in a fault, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. With everything that's going on in the world, I know there are folks that are going to need our attention this coming year, more than they ever have before. And I can promise you that God has not forgotten about you. I can promise you that God will not give up on you. Being confident of this very thing, Philippians 1, 6, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Why have you made all of your plans without seeking his will first? You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Thank God for the strengthening of relationships through the preaching of God's word. His grace is more powerful than your past. His powerful, his his power is available for your present right now. And his promises will be true in the future as well as they have been in the past. He's God. He said at least three times, I don't change. The months ahead, I know your pastor. I know his heart. I know his wife. I know where they've been. I know their passion. And I listen to him. And I'm going to tell you now, the months ahead could truly be uh, the most exciting months in this church's history. No reflection on any past pastor. You've had good ones. I'm just telling you. God wants growth. Go ye into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Why? Huh? Finish it. That my house may be full. You say, well, preacher, are you one of those numbers guy? I am. Absolutely. 
unabashedly, unashamedly, I'm about numbers. Because if this guy right here goes out and talks to 10 people and two of them come, God bless him, that's 20%. And if this girl goes out and does the same thing, talks to 10 and two comes, and this lady does that and that gentleman does that, do you think God's pleased with that? Of course he is. So, why don't we just make up our minds tonight to continue to depend on the Lord for the victories ahead and let's, let's go through this year and invoke his presence. Ask for his presence and his power and his provision over our churches. I want to tell you, you say, preacher, I'm really struggling with my past. You don't have to. You don't have to. I could tell you my past, but I'm not going to. It's, it's past. God is greater than my past. Listen, I've pastored some I pastored some pretty rough dudes. I pastored Tim Alec, an alcoholic millionaire that lost everything he had. He kept coming to church. I didn't think he was listening. He had no emotions at all. He'd get up and go out, shake my hand, wouldn't say a word, go out. So I got a call one day. Tim just had a massive heart attack. He's in hospital, so I rushed down there, walked into the ER, walked into the room, and uh, he was laying there with all this stuff on, and I said, Tim, can you hear me? He said, yeah. And I said, uh, man, you're in a tough spot right now. Yeah. I said, you've been listening to me for several weeks now, haven't you? Yeah. And I said, Tim, you know you're lost? Yeah. Do you feel like you need to be saved? Yeah. Tim, do you want to be saved? Yeah. And I thought, no, you don't. And I said, do you believe God would save you? Yeah. Do you believe he would save you right now? Yeah. And I said, are you willing to trust him right now? I said, no prayer will save you. Your prayer won't save you. My prayer won't save you. You have to trust God to save you. Can you do that? Yeah. And I said, can you do it right now? Yeah. And I said, Tim, I'm going to pray. My prayer is not going to save you. You're going to have to trust the Lord. Are you willing to do that? Yeah. So I thought, okay, here it goes. So I prayed and got through and looked down and I said, Tim, did you trust the Lord? Yeah. And I said, did he save you? He said, yeah. And I said, no, he didn't. Man, I didn't say that, but I was thinking, no, he didn't. You're not crying. You're not. You're still a businessman. Yeah, yeah. But he did get saved. 
God is greater than your past. Oh, I could tell you story after story of past. I could tell you about a prostitute that came in and got saved one Sunday. She said, is it true what you just said? And I said, yeah, it is. And she said, God loves everybody. I said, God loves everybody. Do you think God loves me? I said, I know he does. Do you think God loves you? She said, yeah, I do. Long story short, I couldn't kneel with her because she was dressed in the attire of a prostitute. She couldn't kneel. We stood there and she trusted the Lord to save her. And I didn't look into the face of a prostitute. I looked into the face of a pure child of God. God is greater than your past. Don't tell me your past is too dark and too muddy and too awful. God is greater than your past. Preacher, I just can't. You just don't understand. I got to fix some things in my life. My present is God's greater than your present. You can't fix your way to God. Why don't you, why don't you, if you're bad, sick, and about to die, why don't you wait till you get well and go to the doctor and show him what a great specimen of health you are? You say, well, that's dumb. It's as dumb as what you're trying to do and get yourself all fixed up to present to God. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. God's greater than your present. You say, well, preacher, it's not my past, it's my present. I don't care. God's greater than your present. I've done this a long time. I've seen what God has done with people in their present. I watched him save a young man in the jail. I was in there too. I got put in there for carrying a gun, didn't understand why. But I led that young man to the Lord in Lima, Ohio, on the way to preach at the church where Brother Bujak was. God's greater than your present. You say, preacher, I'm just scared of what's going to happen in Israel. You can't do a thing about what's going to happen in Israel. God's greater than your future. Why don't you just throw in the towel tonight? And when the music is, begins to play, why don't you just make up your mind right now, I'm not going to wait till the second verse. As soon as the music starts, I know me. If I wait, I won't go. So if I'm talking to you right now, as the musicians come and get in place and the pastor comes up here to receive you, here's what we're going to do. In just a minute, I'm going to ask the, the, the song leader what number. And no, it don't matter. It's going to be on the screen anyway. I don't care what number. You know the thing anyway. So we're going to begin to sing. I'm going to ask you to stand. And since you're afraid that if you don't come immediately, you won't come at all, in one motion, stand and walk. And come and trust the God who's already paid for your past already paid for your present, and already paid for any future sins. And he's got this. I promise you, he's got this. You just need to trust him. All right.
Those of you who are afraid, if you don't come immediately, you won't come. Let's stand and come right now. One motion. Come on. Don't wait. You want to bargain with God for the third verse. Lord, I'll go on the third verse. What? Come on. My goodness. Many are coming and God's dealing with you. Come on. I surrender all to Him I free. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence Continue to sing. Come on. Are you saved? All to Jesus. I surrender. As his feet I Sing this chorus to him. preaching and he said God's greater than your past maybe God pricked your heart and you've been holding on to something in your past as an excuse not to serve him now you need to come I know for a fact because I could sense the spirit of God when the pastor was preaching about your present struggles the things you're going through now that I sense the Lord working in this place God's greater than whatever you're going through right now and God's certainly greater than your future and can help you with that. Could be that somebody's in here tonight and you did not respond. I want to invite you as best I can. Won't you come to Christ as we sing this next verse? Hold to Jesus, I surrender. Make me Savior. could be somebody here tonight in spite of all these preachers and preaching you know you're lost and you're still not saved I want to ask you a question why is that
Why do you remain lost when all the sins that you've ever committed have been paid for in full by Christ? You say, well, pastor, I just don't believe. I'm still weighing this thing out. Greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world to those of you who are saved. But to those of you who are lost, don't wait too long. No man's promised tomorrow. Brother Paul mentioned something about don't worry about what's going on over there in Israel. You can't change that. I'm going to tell you something about Israel. It isn't going anywhere. Because one day our Savior is going to set foot back there and he's going to rule and reign for a whole long time. And I know which side I'm on. And if you're not on that side, when he comes back, my friend, it's doom. We used to sing a song in church called, Are You Ready for the Judgment Day? If you're not saved, you're not ready for the judgment. And I hope and pray that you'll consider being saved. It's like I did when I read that verse. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? If you're, li- if you're not saved, this is your verse. Won't you come as we sing this number? Oh, to Jesus I surrender, Lord, I give myself to Thee. people said amen Amen. it's been good to be in the house of the lord tonight if you did not get one of those bulletins the one that says bulletin with the schedule on it please on your way out go ahead and take one of those tomorrow night when we come back for the evening service it will be at 6 p.m so we're not starting at 7 tomorrow we're starting at 6 they say you have to announce things about 10 times before people will hear it so i don't know how many more times i can get failure 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 6 p.m. tomorrow night, and we will have a meal afterwards, and uh, uh, we're going to have morning services tomorrow. We'll have breakfast. It's kind of a continental breakfast. If you're staying at a hotel with hot food, get some hot food if that's what you like. But if you like the Danish, if you like milk, if you like orange juice, can I get a witness in the congregation? You can be here at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, and Brother Jeff and Miss Sarah will have a wonderful meal for you tomorrow at 8 o'clock in the morning from 8 to 8.45. Then at 9 o'clock, we will commence to preaching, to having missionaries present their ministries. If you are a preacher and you have come to this service, I don't know all the preachers that are going to be here tomorrow, but we are calling preachers from the floor. I've only asked one person who knows that they are preaching tomorrow. That means I'm go- we're going to, you need to be ready to preach tomorrow. Say, why'd you do it this way? Because some of you didn't sign up. How can I pray about it if you didn't sign up? Baptists. All right. Uh, So come tomorrow expecting a blessing. Uh, There's a lot of good preachers here, and we are looking forward to hearing from you. There's also a lot of good missionaries here. And uh, this is our uh, missions conference. We're really going to try to emphasize some of our missionaries tomorrow in the morning. And uh, then we're going to have lunch after the morning service, somewhere around 1230 to 1 o'clock. 
And uh, if you have the opportunity to be back tomorrow, please do your best to be back tomorrow. If you are not working, if you're retired, if you have some personal time that you can take off, please come and avail yourselves of these services. Say, Pastor, I'm not a preacher or a missionary. You could use the preaching, I can assure you of that. And uh, it'll be good. Unless we have an overflow crowd, and I'd love to have it, we're going to be over in the chapel tomorrow. Uh, I'd love to have an overflow crowd. I would love for so many people to come tomorrow morning to where we have to come back here in the sanctuary. Uh, But that environment over there in the chapel is an intimate environment. I really love that chapel. God's done some work in this church in the chapel over there. You are welcome to come tomorrow. Enjoy that with us. And uh, we're going to... uh, We're going to pray and we're going to be dismissed. I'm going to ask our youth pastor, Brother Daniel Flores, to come up. We're very thankful at this church for for a man whose heart God has touched. Brother Daniel, you pray and dismiss us. God bless you. It's been a great start to, uh, uh, to our missions conference. We've prayed for it. Let's pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, you're good. We heard your word tonight, and Lord, it's good to be here with with all of these uh, servants and people, your people. Lord, we pray for the rest of the week, and, and Lord, we're grateful that tonight we met with you. You met with us, Lord God. Lord, we just pray that, that everything we do at this church, Heavenly Father, bring you honor and glory. May you be with every one of us as we go home, and And I pray, Lord, that we can all return uh, tomorrow, that it be your will. We thank you.